You know, did you did you did you think that Bernie Sanders, uh, who raised six million dollars, six million dollars in twenty four hours, you know, man, poof, if Joe Biden raised uh, six million dollars in twenty four hours, I presume that the Washington Post would be building a statue outside its office. You know, I presume uh, the Washington Post would be building a statue right right outside their office if Joe Biden raised six million dollars in 24 hours. If he raised, honestly, if he raised $6 million in a week, they'd build a statue. Kamala Harris, oh my God, can you imagine if Kamala Harris raised $6 million in 24 hours? They'd be calling the election. They'd be calling the election. Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, raises $6 million. I think he raised it from like, what did he have? Six, 200 something thousand people donated to him. And literally, the Washington Post had four negative stories within 48 hours, I think, this time. 48 hours. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to read you the whole thing. And to tell you the truth, I didn't even read. Uh, I didn't even read the whole thing yet. I only read two of them. So I'm going to read along with you. So, you know, Bernie Sanders, uh, he raises $6 million in 24 hours. Headline, Bernie Sanders is no big deal second time around. I mean, you just can't make this shit up. And I'm not even going to call it the Washington Post anymore. I'm going to call it the Amazon Post because that's what this is. This is Jeff Bezos' little love child. And Jeff Bezos, don't think he's, you know, loving. Don't, don't think Jeff Bezos is feeling the burn, folks. Yeah, he raised Amazon's uh, uh, minimum wage to $15. But don't think he doesn't have, you know, a bullseye with Bernie Sanders uh, face on it on top of his gold toilet and cascading riverfall in his apartment, in his, you know, one of his many mansions. So this Washington Post writer, Jennifer, Jennifer Rubin, a huge neocon, by the way, writes, Senator Bernie Sanders formally announced his campaign, surprising a few political watchers. He sounded like the left-wing version of blow up the system in his email to supporters. Unfortunately for Sanders, nothing he says these days sounds all that revolutionary, given the loud and enthusiastic progressive wing of the party and other candidates saying pretty much the same thing. He cites health care, although other contenders have braced Medicare for all. He points to climate change, but a number of Democratic candidates for president have already signed onto the Green New Deal. He wants to stop demonization of immigrants, but Beto O'Rourke, who is reportedly still mulling a presidential run, and others have been saying that for months. Free college tuition? Yawn. We've seen that proposal. Oh, yawn. In short, Sanders is offering a little different from many younger, less cranky Democrats, including non-white candidates who haven't struggled to win over African Americans and women and who haven't had to explain complaints of sexual harassment in their campaigns. Oh boy. So where do I even start with that? Because this isn't just unique to the Washington Post. This is actually becoming one of the talking points that you see on CNN. I've seen it on MSNBC. I've seen it in the New York Times. I've seen it in the Washington Post. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. And that is, well, you know, is Bernie, uh, is Bernie, you know, a victim is he a victim of his own success? You know, I love this. I love this. Um, you know, this would be like if you follow basketball, like LeBron James, who's the best player in, in the NBA. This would be like, all right, LeBron James came in and revolutionized modern day basketball, basketball, playing with a certain style 
And as such, other players came in and are and are playing that way too. So maybe LeBron James should just retire because, well, there's other players playing like LeBron James. Look at that. Well, why would we want LeBron James, the original OG, uh, to play, to retire? Because other people came in playing a similar way? That makes no sense, if you're following me. If you're not, let me repeat it. So... This notion that, well, Kamala Harris says she's Medicare for all, so who needs Bernie? And Cory Booker says he's for Medicare for all, so who needs Bernie? And Kirsten Gillibrand says he's for Medicare for all, so who needs Bernie? Yeah, well, you know, Donald Trump said in an interview he was for covering everybody. Remember, he said, I'm for covering everybody. It's not going to be popular in the Republican Party. Is Donald Trump pushing Medicare for all? Hillary Clinton said she was for a lot of things. And very quickly moved away from those things after she became the Democratic nominee. Hillary Clinton flip-flopped all over the place as a politician for 20 years. Mitt Romney said he was for a lot of things that he previously wasn't. So am I supposed to believe Jennifer Rubin at at the Washington Post and, and CNN and MSNBC and all these people who were deranged? I mean, it is such an intellectually dishonest take to respond to Bernie Sanders launching his campaign, making record fundraising numbers in one day. Nobody has ever raised that much money in one day. And your response is, oh, he's not going to be so great the second time around. Oh, you know, he's not really needed because all these other people are saying what, what his policies. Keyword, saying they are for these things. But, you know, Miss, Miss Rubin and all these people, uh, Well, Kamala Harris, like within 24 hours, moonwalked the hell away from Medicare for all. And frankly, if I'm keeping it real, Elizabeth Warren says she's for Medicare for all. I don't really hear her talking about it much on the campaign trail. When she was asked about it by a reporter recently, she didn't really elaborate. Bernie Sanders leads with Medicare for all. Kirsten Gillibrand, oh, suddenly she's for Medicare for all. Well, look at her record. Look at her donors. Does anyone, she's been dialing Wall Street people uh, right before she announced she was running to see if they'll fund her campaign. You think she's really going to push for Medicare for all? So, you know, these people at, at Washington Post, and they're not journalists, they're just hacks, and, and CNN and all these people, they pretend that just because a candidate says they're for something, that we should just totally push away our critical thinking skills and just take them on faith. You know, Hillary Clinton says, I'm a progressive who gets things done. Done. Can we elect her? Maybe part of the problem in this corrupt political system we have is we've taken politicians at their word during the, during the campaign and then kept, kept on reelecting them when they didn't even fight for the things we want. It's unbelievable. You don't have to be for Bernie Sanders, but at least give him his due. Jesus, the Washington Post. You have no credibility. And you have a $600 million contract with the CIA. And you have a rather, rather large contract with the Pentagon. Did you know Jeff Bezos is on a board at the Pentagon? Did you know this? The same writer, literally within 24 hours, the same writer, Jennifer Rubin. <laughs> oh, she wasn't stopping at that. She wasn't stopping at that one. Why Sanders money haul doesn't mean very much. Oh, but Jesus... Oh, my God, you can't make this shit up, folks. You can't make it up. By the way, 
This is the same one who just said, Bernie won't be shit second time around. Oop, demonetized. Senator Bernie Sanders raised approximately $6 million in the first 24 hours after his presidential campaign announcement, but his Democratic opponents shouldn't be surprised or even concerned. Sanders is the only Democratic contender for 2020 who ran for president in 2016, during which he raised about $230 million. For someone with nearly universal name recognition, an extensive donor list, and a long run-up to his announcement, Sanders Hall shouldn't impress knowledgeable political watchers. Should Joe Biden announce... I would bet his 24-hour fundraising total will dwarf Sanders' total. A former vice president shouldn't have to lift a finger to trigger a flood of money. Oh, my God. I can't even read it anymore because there's so much bullshit there. It's permeating out of the Washington Post chimney. If the Washington Post has a chimney. I don't know about that. So let's get this straight, okay? Let's get this straight. And I actually agree, uh, Jank at the Young Turks. Uh, I agree with this analysis. Uh, you know, the corporate media, they deem candidates credible based on how much money they could raise. So in general, if Joe Biden would have raised $6 million in 24 hours, the Washington Post's same Jennifer Rubin, who wrote two hit pieces on Bernie Sanders within 24 hours, would have been saying to call the election because obviously the people have spoken. Vice President Biden is going to win the nomination and fight to reinstate the Obama coalition and the Obama legacy. You would have gotten the same exact response if Cory Booker raised $6 million. You would have got the same exact response if uh, Beto O'Rourke raised $6 million. You certainly, certainly would have gotten the same exact response if uh, Kamala Harris raised $6 million. Oh my God, if Kamala Harris raised $6 million, they would have said, forget, forget uh, canceling the Democratic primary. Just cancel the election and put her in the White House, they would have said. So the corporate media always, always... Yes, YouTube, I will forgive you for criminal corruption and criminal scamming. Well, you know, the standard has always been, oh, they're raising a lot of money, so that's the front run that's the front runner. But when Bernie Sanders raises six do you know how hard it is? I could tell you because I'm I'm doing it. Do you know how hard it is to raise any money in media, in politics? Do you know how hard it is to convince, let's say, a hundred people to donate? Do you know how hard it is to convince a thousand people to donate? I've been literally breaking my back to convince people to sign up at $5 a month and $10 a month or $20 a month or $147 annually, statusquo.com slash join. It's very hard. And Bernie Sanders obviously has a way, way bigger email list than I do. And obviously it's a different category, politics, media. But the point is, it is very, very hard in anything, politics, media, sports, entertainment, to fundraise. If any establishment-friendly candidate, if any pro-status coup candidate, if any Johnny-come-lately progressive, and that means Kamala Harris is a Johnny-come-lately progressive, Cory Booker is a Johnny-come-lately progressive, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand is a Johnny-come-lately progressive, Julian Castro is a Johnny-come-lately progressive, if any faux progressive, I would call them, because these people aren't. These people aren't like real progressives. And you want to say, oh, Jordan, stop with the purity. Well, how do I know that Kamala Harris is going to fight on day one as hard as Bernie Sanders would for Medicare for all? She wasn't fighting for it or even speaking about it when she was running for California senator. She wasn't speaking about Medicare for all. And at that time, when she was running for California Senate, it was 
for California senator, it was up for a possibility. California single payer was up in the California House of Representatives. It passed the California House. It was blocked in the California, no, excuse me, passed the California Senate, was blocked in the California House. Kamala Harris was crickets when she ran for uh, California Senate. But all of a sudden, Kamala Harris, very, very big Medicare for all proponent. Come on. Come on, folks. It's so amazing how they move the goalpost. Because if it was any other candidate that's essentially, you know, wink, wink, I'm for Medicare for all, but like still dialing Wall Street and, you know, that's what they do. They pretend to be for certain things, but, you know, they also give a wink, wink to the establishment, the status quo, the status quo, the special interest that, you know, I'm not really going to do these things. This is just talk to get elected. You know that. So it was always the gold standard. Whoever raises the most budget money is the front runner. But Bernie Sanders, well, you know, why Sanders, why Sanders money hall doesn't really mean anything. And they say, they say RT is state-run media. <laughs> the Washington Post is an embarrassment, is an embarrassment. More to the point, fundraising totals, I would argue, have as much predictive value as, say, poll numbers nearly a year before the Iowa caucus. Ask Ron Paul. 40 million raised in 2012, zero primary victories. Or Jeb Bush, 155 million raised. Ask Hillary Clinton, whose fundraising prowess in 2008 didn't secure the nomination and in 2016 struggled to defeat Sanders before losing to Donald Trump. In the general election, Clinton raised about a quarter of a million dollars more than Trump. Money only gets you so far and in some instances conveys an unwarranted front-runner status that contributes to the perception of underperformance if the candidate doesn't win in early states. You know what I hate more than anything? You know what I hate more than, more than anything? Intellectual dishonesty. Intellectual dishonesty. And by the way, folks, we got 329 people watching, only 236 likes. So 100 of you are asleep at the switch and need to wake the F up. What's so interesting there, what's so interesting there is they're equating Bernie Sanders raising $6 million at an average of $27 he, it was, again, $27 average his first day. They're equating it to Jeb Bush. What was the smallest donor to Jeb Bush? $1,000? Hillary Clinton didn't raise small-dollar donations. She was getting money from oligarchs, plutocrats, fossil fuel execs, bankers, pharmaceutical executives, Silicon Valley, uh, cable news executives. She wasn't getting a lot of small-dollar donations. So she, this, this Washington Post hack is basically comparing a, a, a grassroots small-dollar fundraising army, which actually does indicate electoral success because you have actual numbers in the grassroots, not the plutocrats. There's more. Bernie is right. There is more to, there's more of us than there are of them. They just have more money, but we have more people. But what's, what's amazing She's equating Bernie raising $6 million from actual people to Hillary Clinton raising money from big bankers, big, big fossil fuel, big pharma, and Jeb Bush. Please. Oh, my God. I went to, when I was at the Young Turks, I went to cover a Jeb Bush town hall in New Hampshire. Oh, my God. You could, it, reeked of, it reeked of old money. He didn't, oh my God, there were people there with so much money. And I'm not trying to be judgmental, but you could tell when people have money. And this town hall, they had a lot of money, these people. 
these these were not struggling Americans in New Hampshire. If you remember, I confronted Jeb Bush there. He said, wait, are you a reporter? Because, you know, I challenged him. So I'm not even going to read the rest of that Washington Post story because it's so ridiculous. Uh, What's the point of even reading it? His money haul doesn't mean anything. You know? So, uh, uh, you know, that's not it. Bernie Sanders, your moment has come and gone, says the Washington Post, on the day that he raises $6 million and breaks all sorts of campaign fundraising. A certain announcement this week reminded me that for a brief happy time, quite a few years ago, my wife and I rented an apartment in Washington's Grand Calorama neighborhood. With its high ceilings, wide staircase, and gleaming wood floors, our building evoked its origins in the heady days of a brand new American empire, an emerging global force, an awakening industrial giant. Yet there was a creeping shabbiness to the place that made it affordable for the likes of us. Think of it as a museum of lost grandeur, populated mostly by formerly important people. Uh, this guy, I don't even know what the fuck he's talking about, but it's, uh, it's already ridiculous. This small but distinctive slice of, of the capital's demography finds its lives of power and purpose whittled to the scale of a pension and gravitates to such building and gravitates to such buildings. Accustomed to congressional suites or the large offices of undersecretaries, the FIPs require big walls to hold all their photographs and younger cells in historic company. They need ample space to display little gifts received as tokens of gratitude from nations that no longer exist. In the overheated entry, I occasionally encountered a brusque little man in his 80s at the mailboxes. He had a shock of white hair and the air of a person who expected to be recognized, if only so that he could be annoyed at the intrusion. Oh, so here we're going to compare Bernie Sanders to a 80-year-old sitting by the mailbox. Or perhaps our third encounter, when I glimpsed more than the back of his head, it hit me. Eugene McCarthy. I murmured, hello, Senator, and he grumbled something in return. Not 30 years earlier, this same man had occupied the electrified heart of buzzing, sparking madness in U.S. politics. It was 1968. There was a giant in the White House, Lyndon B. Johnson, who found himself there by fate at an electoral landslide. This giant was weakened by the wound of Vietnam, but no one knew how weak and wounded giants can be dangerous indeed. No one, it seemed, had the guts to test him. And these McCarthy memories came rushing up when Bernie Sanders announced Tuesday that he's running for president again. It seems Sanders is making the same mistake McCarthy made as he returned time and again to the presidential well. 72, 76, 88, 92. Both men were improbable candidates whose willingness to challenge a giant paid off in a transient flash of glory. But Sanders appears no more aware than McCarthy that the moment doesn't last. History will not be hoodwinked by the thin excuses Hillary Clinton supporters make for her disastrous loss in 2016. Only a terrible candidate could have managed to lose to Donald Trump. For all the headings on her resume, Clinton had already demonstrated this weakness by losing to an inexperienced Barack Obama in 2008. So why exactly is Bernie Sanders not going to become president? Sanders filled the anti-Hillary vacuum in 2016, and like the vacuum McCarthy filled in early 1968, this was a fleeting opportunity seized and then gone. For a moment, it took Sanders to the heart of a buzzing, sparking madness. So here we have the ageist argument. Well, you know, he's just that 80-year-old standing by the post office. Folks, this, this is the Washington Post. 
And this is an outlet that is viewed as one of the leading news organizations, not just in America, in the world. This is what you're getting from one of the self-acclaimed leading news organizations in the world. Pieces that claim raising $6 million in a day means nothing. Pieces that claim that he, Bernie Sanders is no different than 80-year-olds standing at a mailbox, well past their time, but don't know it. Let me tell you something. If I took a poll on Twitter, I wouldn't do this because it's insensitive, to Bernie Sanders supporters and I say, what would you prefer? Bernie Sanders is president while on a dialysis machine for the most part. I don't wish that upon him, obviously. Bernie Sanders as president on a dialysis machine in a wheelchair, you know, sleeping 12 hours a night, only able to be president for three years, or Kamala Harris as president. What would you, th- you, what would you want? Probably most of you would actually even suggest Bernie Sanders half dead. Bernie Sanders dead with his spirit in the White House. If they didn't realize, if it didn't show you in 2016 that his, the majority of his voters don't care how old he is, he wasn't some young spring, chick, spring chicken in 2016. Yes, he's older. Yes, he would be the oldest president in the White House if he became president. <laughs> Henry, I take Bernie in a coma. So, like, what is it specifically about his support in 2016 from large amounts of young people, and frankly, a lot of older people also didn't mind his age. Why is it that now he's too old, three years later? Why is it that it's not considered, well, he, he has already said he would have a vice president considerably younger than him. Why is it that it's never mentioned Donald Trump, I think, is 73? Why is it mentioned? Why is it never mentioned in the stories about Joe Biden? I never see in in stories about Joe Biden, his age. Very rarely. Uh, Bernie Sanders announced that Ro Khanna, Nina Nina Turner, Ben from Ben and Jerry, which, hey, Ben, talking to you, Ben, would love, love, love to have some sponsorship from Ben and Jerry's for status quo. And Carmen Yulin Cruz, Carmen Yulin Cruz will be campaign chairs. To defeat Trump, we must build a team prepared to fight for economic, social, racial, and environmental justice. That's exactly what Nina Turner, Rokana, Carmen Yulin Cruz, and Ben Cohen have been doing their entire lives. I'm excited to announce them as campaign co-chairs. And this is after he named Faiz Shakir. Shakur? Shakir? Let me see. Faiz Shakir. As his campaign manager, Faiz was, uh, is the first Muslim American to run a presidential campaign. He was national political director for the ACLU. He did work uh, previously uh, for Nancy Pelosi and at Harry Reid's office. So that's interesting. I can't say uh, I love that. But at the same time, from everything I've read and everything I've seen from other progressives who I like their judgment... This, is, this guy is a progressive, and this guy is also somebody who not only knows how to uh, elevate grassroots organizing, but also knows how to win, how to, uh, win elections, also knows how to actually uh, straddle two lines, getting the grassroots enthused, but also convincing the establishment Bernie is the best choice. 
So I think he could. I think Faiz is a good choice. I'll have to look into him more. I hope to interview him. I don't automatically say you're disqualified because you worked for two objectionable politicians. A lot of people who work for politicians don't are more progressive than the politicians they work for. But you need a job in Washington, and there's not so many. There's only a few progressive politicians. So I'm not going to knock him crazy for working for Harry Reid and Nancy Pelosi. But when I have more time, I'm going to look more into his backstory. But it's, it's just amazing to me that the Washington Post is, gets away with this. It's amazing to me that they don't even disclose that their, 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 seat, their owner basically had it out with Bernie Sanders for six months. I'm not even going to bother reading the last Washington Post piece because you get the point. But it's the Washington Post. Politico has started up with their own hit pieces. New York Times wasn't as bad as I thought they were going to be. Uh, CNN and MSNBC are, are, are basically pushing this same narrative. Well, look at all these other progressives now in, you know, has Bernie been, is Bernie a victim of, its own, of his own, own success? Well, you know what? You know what? Do you want the OG or do you want the knockoff? You want the original or do you want the one pretending to be the original? This is the, the, the grasping at straws. They're grasping at straws at this point. And by the way, by the way, as I told Ty in our live stream, who, by the way, is still sleeping, if the first time Kamala Harris is polling better, the first time that Kamala Harris is polling better than Bernie Sanders, you're going to start hearing the chorus, you know, he's, he's blocking the first possible woman president. He's, pos- he's blocking a black woman. I mean, let's call it what it is. This is what they're going to say. Bernie needs to step aside because he's blocking history. Ooh, Patrick Scarpati, $49 in the GoFundMe. Corey Savignano, $27 in the GoFundMe. Putting us at 20, $44,600. Oh, $400 away. $400 from $45,000. Hey, Tulsi Gabbard interview, airing Sunday. Hope you appreciate real reporting. We just got back from Detroit and Cleveland and Lordstown, Ohio. Cover the only national news on the ground to covering General Motors' heinous, evil, greedy layoffs. And we were the only national news to cover Cleveland. Do you know Cleveland had, has 92 children were found with high lead levels in a month? 92 children, mostly black, were found with high lead levels in Cleveland. Not a national emergency. The border wall's a national emergency. Russia's a, you know, a national emergency. Not the kids in Cleveland. Not Flint. Not East Chicago. Not Milwaukee. Not Pittsburgh. Imaginary, imaginary caravans and Russia are the national emergency. Kids in Cleveland, tough shit. Eat your, eat your lead poison water. We're not covering it. So I appreciate it. Keep the GoFundMe coming. This is how we go out into the field. And as I've said, there are some news organizations that like to talk. There are some news organizations that say, become a member, you know, support us. We're fundraising. We'll go do X, Y, and Z. And then quietly, they don't do any of those things. We are showing you what we're going to do. We're act, we are walking the walk, not talking the talk. And Ty and I are ready to go back in the field as soon as we're funded. And... The more funding we get, both as membership and 
GoFundMe, specifically, specifically membership. The more funding we get as, as members, statuscoo.com slash join, you could do it as low as $5 a month. That is very attractive to people we are trying to get larger funding from. And I want to, I want to make something crystal clear. And I'm looking into the camera. Please record this video and call me out if I ever change, but it ain't going to happen. We are looking for larger funding. We are not going to take larger funding from plutocrats giving Trump money, plutocrats who gave Clinton money, plutocrats giving Kamala Harris money, plutocrats giving the fossil fuel industry money, plutocrats giving the pharmaceutical companies money, plutocrats giving the banks money, plutocrats giving Silicon Valley money. Hell to the no. And by the way, wouldn't you like to know, I did have an offer from one plutocrat in particular, a male plutocrat, to fund this whole operation here. And this individual offered quite a lot of money, quite a lot of money to the point where not only would we have enough funding to travel nonstop, not only would I have a very nice salary, not only would I have a nice salary and we'd have plenty of money to go around. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm human. I, I thought about it for two seconds. Uh, and then I politely told him to go on his way because to tell you the truth, is it really worth it if they don't share your values? Is it really worth it if they're not as excited about you at, at making the establishment and the status quo's life a living hell? Is it really worth it to take the money if they are not there to lift you, but they are there to control you? And I could not get this person to sign on the dotted line to have zero editorial control. And when I could not get this person to sign on the line to have zero editorial control, I pieced out. So that what, what that means, I'm either really, really, really stupid or I have some integrity. And I think it's the latter. And unfortunately, because I have integrity, that means I'm working seven days a week. That means I'm not getting a lot of sleep. <laughs> but we are growing this ground up. We just passed 200 members. We're trying to get as far as we can. So statuscoup.com slash join. I'm not telling you not to donate to other independent media. I'm not telling you not to uh, support others. I'm telling you, if you want actual, real, independent, independent, in the field coverage on the campaign trail, if you want Tulsi Gabbard's uh, voice and issues and policies to get Siva Light a day, if you want Bernie Sanders not, not to have Pretty much no coverage because I got news for you. Love you, Democracy Now. Love you, The Intercept. I love these outlets. They're not going to be on the campaign trail for the full campaign. They weren't in 2016. I don't think that's going to change. If, if you want to just rely on the Young Turks, be my guest. I don't even know if they'll be on the campaign trail for the full time. My guess, you're damn right. I got to keep my soul. <laughs> Mike Spicer, no, it was not, Jank. <laughs> it was not, Jank. We don't, we don't particularly talk these days. But uh, I'm not going to blow up his spot because the offer was kind, but it was somebody that I find to be problematic. Let's leave it at that. So, Kelly, you're right, Jordan. The first check would be without strings. Once you build it, next checks will definitely be with strings. I couldn't agree more. And, and here's the thing. Here's where companies get in, here's where companies and media uh, companies get in trouble. When media companies start having success, what they try to do right away is ex expand, 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 and blow it up. 
And when you try to expand, expand, expand and blow it up, you hire a whole lot more people. And that's good. You could hire more people. But the problem with that is then you start listening to more people about what you should be doing instead of listening to yourself and, and the very uh, concept and the very integrity and the very concepts that got you there in the first place. I've seen this at certain organizations that I've worked for where you get bigger, you get bigger, you get bigger, but you stop doing what got you to that place in the first place to try 20 other things. And a lot of those 20 other things are very, are very polar opposite of the core DNA of what made you blow up in the first place. So, not interested. Not interested. J, J3 Blivian, cover the important stuff that will make a difference. Uh, as kindly as I could say, I think we are. I think we are. And unfortunately, YouTube is suppressing us, so you might have not seen uh, all our videos from our last reporting trip uh, last week. We still have a few more videos to pu publish. That's why I'm telling you to get in the habit of going to statuscoup.com every single day. Don't go once. Don't go twice. Go as much as you can because I'm uploading videos there too, so you don't have to depend on YouTube to notify you. Just get in the habit of going to statuscoup.com, and while you're there, enter your email. We need to grow our email list, and also... You can become a member as low as $5 a month. You get great behind-the-scenes content. You get a monthly video call with us for, oh, no, that's $10. Uh, you get uh, behind-the-scenes content when we're in the field. You're going to get extra documentary footage. Ty is almost finished with this documentary. And most importantly, you're actually supporting real independent media. What could be better? As you say, Jordan, keeping it real. I try. And let me tell you something. I'm, not, I'm a human. It's not easy to turn down a lot of money. It's not easy to have money facing you and be like, holy cow, I could actually get out in the field like big time. I could actually hire other reporters. It's not an easy thing to turn that down, but it's also, it's also uh, a hard thing to have to be indebted to individuals not aligned with your values. So I'm not interested in that. But to wrap this up tonight, Devin, hey, Jordan, I think Status Quo's content is amazing, but why does it seem that your subs and views have stagnated? Oh, Devin, isn't that a great, great question, Devin? I'll tell you why my views have, uh, and subscribers have stagnated. It's a little thing called FewTube. Have you heard of FewTube? It's the alter ego of the outlet formerly known as YouTube. YouTube is suppressing this channel, and I'll tell you how they do it. I'll tell you how they do it. YouTube when I publish a new video, it does not, get, it does not go to all 27,000. Uh, we're almost at 28,000, so let's just round it. It does not go to all 28,000 subscribers who have subscribed to this channel. It does not go to their feed. You're damn right, Colin. Don't ask me about YouTube. I'll go on for three hours. It does not go to their feeds. So that's number one thing. If you are a subscriber to a YouTube channel, you have a subscriber feed. So the channels you subscribe to, you should be seeing their latest videos in your feed. Our feed does not get, our videos do not even get seen in the majority of our subscribers' feeds. That's number one. Number two, YouTube is not notifying, I'd say, three quarters of our subscribers when we are live or when we have published a new video. Most people come just because I've really tried to drill it in your head, five o'clock Eastern, Monday through Friday. Five o'clock Eastern, Monday through Friday. Five o'clock Eastern, Monday through Friday. And noon Eastern on Sunday. So if you're not, you know, I'm not knocking other smaller channels, but there are smaller channels than us. I just looked at a channel with 15,000 subscribers and they're getting like thousands more views than us. 
That makes, and we're talking about the same exact thing. That makes no sense. And I'm not knocking them. Great for them. Not, not a knock on them at all. But it doesn't make sense. When you have more subscribers, you are supposed to get more views. That's how it works when you're not being suppressed. Mike S., I have to find it in the status quo channel. So long term, you got to crawl before you could work. We're basically doing this with like three people. But long term, we actually are not going to be relying on YouTube. We are going to be going live on our channel. I mean, on our website. Uh, and we're going to be going live in other places because, frankly, it's not just YouTube. Facebook is suppressing the hell out of us. Uh, you got YouTube is suppressing the hell out of us. Uh, who knows about Instagram? We're trying. Ty just started to try and grow our Instagram. So if you're on Instagram, follow the status coups Instagram. Uh, if you don't, uh, I don't even know what, I don't even have the link. Michael, could you find the link to Status Coup's Instagram? Follow Status Coup on Instagram. We're posting little short videos there too. But yeah, that's why it seems like it's stagnating. ND Football. Dude, you need to get a job and stop burning weed. You can make a life for yourself, but you have to try. You talking to me? I haven't burned weed in quite some time. And this is my job, so go fuck yourself. Uh, all progressives are being suppressed. Oh, you know what's interesting? Uh, I don't want to get into details because this was after our interview, uh, but I think Tulsi Gabbard is experiencing the same exact thing that we are uh, on her social channels. I think Tulsi Ga- I don't want to like reveal what we talked about, but we talked about a few things, and one of the topics was she is experiencing the same suppression that we're experiencing. Kelly Elaine, my favorite, donates every day. And I do read your emails, Kelly, so keep them coming. What about Nina Turner? What about Nina Turner? I love Nina Turner. She's my preferred choice for vice president. I love Tulsi Gabbard too, but you put a gun to my head, I want Nina Turner as vice president. I would love Tulsi Gabbard as secretary of defense, personally. Listen, if if Tulsi Gabbard was the not, uh, if it was, if Bernie Sanders, for whatever reason, didn't make it, I would take Tulsi Gabbard in a second. My preferred choice is Bernie number one, Tulsi number two. That's my preference. I don't, tell view, I don't tell viewers how to vote. So if your preference is Tulsi first, you know, whatever. I know my friend Jimmy's preference is Tulsi first, uh, pot followed by Bernie. So that's his preference. Uh, I get the feeling the interview is for future access. Oh, Invictus. Oh, Invictus. No, not particularly. I will say, uh, if you, I wouldn't expect... So I was talking to Ty about this earlier, like... I don't force myself to push back on people if I don't think there's anything to push back on. I, I, I think it's, you don't want to like, you don't want to just to say like, hey, I'm equally tough on everybody, like have contrived, forced um, pushback just to say I'm tough on everybody. Like, for example, I'll tell you, uh, I, I challenged her uh, on her LGBT uh, issue. Obviously, she made some very, very... Uh, frankly, horrible comments and had some very horrible stances uh, years ago. Uh, so I asked her about it. Uh, and then I just, then I uh, asked the follow-up. I thought her answer was good. So I, you know, you, you could, I could have pushed back a third time, but it's like, if you think someone's being genuine, if I have no other information to push back on, like her, her voting record has been incredibly good on LGBT issues. So it's like, I'm not going to just challenge someone just to say, hey, look, I'm equally as tough on Tulsi Gabbard than I am on Donna Brazil. They're not the same person. One is corrupt and a liar, and one has integrity. You know what I mean? So 
Also, I only had 20 minutes, so it was very difficult to really push back on a lot of different things. But I think, I think listen, I, I did challenge her on some things, and I think the interview was fair, but also uh, brought up a few things that haven't been brought up before. So you'll be the judge. You'll be the judge. Hey, so many trollers today. I love the trolls. That means our channel is growing. And let's see where we're at right now. We are at 27,931 subscribers. So we're inching ever closer to 28,000 subscribers. By the way, March is our one-year anniversary. March is Status Quo's one-year anniversary. So we're going to have to have a humongous, humongous party. I want all the OGs there on our one-year anniversary. I want all the early subscribers. Oh, all subscribers, but I definitely want the people that were there early because I remember who came to the party first. I want everybody at the party, but I remember who signed on first. Because when I came back in March 2018, let me tell you something. I was a, I was, I was a wounded individual. I was certainly uh, not as strong as I am now. And people that believe in truth, people who looked into certain things that were said about me, people who did their research, and people who said, you know what? I want real journalism and had faith in me. I really, really appreciate those people, and I want you there for our one year. 